Listen to ordinary people who lead extraordinary lives. Their leadership style is forever impressed in the hearts and minds of people, be it in their professions, personal life, and or in communities by being an example of greatness. Be inspired by these personal stories and prepare to be both moved and motivated as serial entrepreneur Maurice Manley II interviews present and future icons. Challenge yourself to recognize the leader that lives within so that you may continue to grow and experience amazing things in life. We are all capable of leadership. Take charge and lead up. You are listening to episode number 103, The Perfect Punchline. Stand-up comedy is one of the hardest jobs I can think of. There is one person that I know that performs with ease and grace, Zainab Johnson. Listen as she shares her journey from actress to comedian and how she continues to win in life while laughing daily. Zainab's sense of humor is like her leadership style, simply genius. Without further ado, we present to you Zainab Johnson. Welcome back to another episode of Lead Up. Joining me today is my girl, my good good friend, Zainab Johnson. How are you today? I am really good. You know what? I am really really good and i'm even better now because i'm about to sit and have a conversation with you um man i appreciate that thank you thank you look i've been okay this is for the people zaynab is an actress and a hilarious comedian if you have not seen her if you have not heard of her go on her instagram go on youtube google whatever you got to do Check her out because she's hilarious. And we're going to get into her her story of hilariousness. <laughs> but before we do, what I want to know, Zainab, is so when you and I first met, which was like probably over 12, 13 years ago, you were an actress. Yeah. Or at least you were pursuing acting like on TV and, and film. Yeah, I think I, I think I had just moved to LA when I met you. Yep. Yeah. And, and so all of a sudden you switched and I went to, I think the improv, no, not the improv, the comedy store and you're on stage telling jokes. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought she was an actress. So how, how and why did you make that switch? So I would not call it making a switch. I would say that I was led to one of my callings. Okay. That's that's what I would that's what I okay. would say because you know, I had no idea that I would ever do stand up comedy. If I did, to be honest with you, I don't think that I would have moved from New York. Mm-hmm. If I if I'd known that stand up comedy was on my path, you know, I found myself in the in, in my pursuing a career in entertainment. 
I found myself doing a lot of things that were comedy related. And it was really strange to me because I never really thought I was a funny person. You know, I never really saw myself as funny. Um, I, I always enjoyed humor. I always enjoyed laughing. That was always, watching stand-up was always a major part of my life. Like I remember probably besides watching like Eddie Murphy's Raw when I was like a, a very, very small child, I remember being maybe like 10 or 11, maybe like nine or 10 years old and my mom sneaking me into a comedy club mm. in New York City, you know? So it's always been a part of my life, but I don't think I ever thought that it would be the part of my life that it's like my life. It's, it's like my, my actual life. Yeah, this is know? what you do. Yeah. Um, but I will, and, and acting, I love acting. I think the reason why acting appeals to me, and this may be different uh, for other actors. When I was a kid, I used to think um, it's so cool to be an actor because there's so many professions in the world. How can anybody just choose one? But if you're an actor, you get to just be everything. You get what I'm saying? You get to even be things that are seemingly impossible, like astronauts and zombies, or yeah. you know what I'm saying? Et, et cetera, et cetera. It's true. Um, but, and so while I love that performance art, you know, that medium, I feel nothing feels like how it feels when I do stand up. Mm. And so I feel like me moving to L.A. and pursuing it just kind of led me to that. And I'm very happy that it did. Yeah. How, how did you find your funny? Um, <laughs> so I wrote, at first when I first started, I would write what I thought were jokes. And some of them were some of them were, you know, premises and punchlines. Um, but I, I started like paying attention and I, and I do think this is, um, uh, this is an asset or this is formula to a really good comedian. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I think if you think of any comedians that you love, they have this quality. There's a certain awareness that's necessary. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I would be conversing with my friends and they would be laughing at certain things. They would be laughing at these stories or I would tell them a story and then when we would get, about, get around somebody new, they'd be like, tell them this story, right? Mm. And then I'm like, okay, so this is funny. This is like, I'm just paying attention to people's response to me. So when I say something like this, they think it's funny. So this must be my humor, you know? Um, and then I would try to like, take whatever I said and write it into a joke form. And then I will go to an open mic and it will fall completely flat. Really? Yeah. And then it kept, it, it, it happened a few times and I wasn't, I, I was, I was really wanting to know what the disconnect was like, well, I just told so-and-so this, but when I said it on stage, they looking at me like I'm crazy. So is it because they don't know me? Do I have to give them more information? Do I have to change my voice? Like, what is it? And so what I did was, and I'm not sure if any other comedians do this, but I would encourage comedians, newer comedians to do this if, if they're searching for their voice. Cause I feel like I'm a comedian that found my voice very early. You did. And I think it's been, a, yeah, I think it's been an asset uh, for me, to me. Um, and what I did was probably for about three months straight, I went to open mics and I may have written down like a word or a thought, but I wouldn't write the material. And I would tape myself and I would just look at the word or look at the thought, like let's say the thought is traffic, mm -hmm. right? And I would just 
use my five minutes to talk about traffic. And now maybe it's funny, maybe it's not, but then I would go home and I would watch the, the, the tape or listen to the tape and I'm like, oh, this is what I do when I tell stories. This is, I had to kind of like watch myself like an outsider. Right. And then start to mimic what I was learning about myself, like activate it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So how, how did you know to do that? Because that, that sounds real advanced. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's something that they don't tell you if you take a... Uh, a class, a course in comedy. And I think it's something that comedians don't necessarily share with each other. You know, being a good comedian, comedians covet that, you know? So they got to really like you to share any type of information with you, right. you know? Um, but like I said, I, I, I've been around stand-up all my life. A lot of my closest friends have been stand-up comedians. And I feel like probably from the age of like 18 until I started, I, I feel like I was in um, a comedy course and I didn't know it. Mm. And a good thing about being in, a, in, in, in school and you don't know you in school is you absorbing everything with no judgment, no pressure. No. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. And I remember specifically a friend of mine, Ian Edwards, who was a comedian, um, I remember calling him one day and he was, he had just finished the set and I was like, Hey, what you doing? And he was like, Oh, I just finished the set. I'm kind of doing recall. And I was like, Oh, what's that? And he was like, Oh, I'm just going over my set. I'm listening to it. I'm, you know, I like to do it right after I get off stage because it, it helps me rewrite it. It's fresh in my mind, blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm -hmm. Now I don't care about that. I'm not trying to be a comedian. I don't care about what he's saying. I was calling to see, can we go get some food? I'm a young girl in LA and I'm hungry. Can we go get some food? That's what I was calling for, right? <laughs> so when he said he was doing that, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I was just calling to see if he wanted to go get something to eat. So why don't you just call me when you're done? And, you know, whatever. I think all of the, my experiences like that, those conversations that I've had with my friends, my comedian friends throughout the years, that I think the moment I stepped on stage, all of that information just rushed to the front of my mind. Mm. Like, oh, you got to take it and you got to listen to it. And you got to watch it and you got to. And I think with, with comedy, especially, it's it, it, it's very hard when when looking for your voice. You know, a lot of people try and um, guide you. Yes. You know, and I think that this is this might be a really good quality for that, that I had even before stands up is that I was um, pretty confident in me, mm. you know, like and I don't mean like. um arrogant or like I know it but I, I I think I was pretty confident in the space that I take up in the world does that make sense yeah I think that even when I'm a little bit all over the place even when I am um anxious I still there's a certain part of me that is always grounded and so I remember being like at an open mic and I remember this girl another comedian coming up to me saying you can't say that and you can't say this and you can't say that and I immediately said, in my mind, I'll, ne I'll never, she, she can never tell me what, to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it made me double down on what I was going to say when I was on stage. And now I look at, and this is no shade to the comedian, her and I are friends in comedy, but it's like, I look at where I am and I look at where she is and I'm like, thank God I wasn't susceptible to her advice. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Wow. That is good. So th this confidence that you're speaking about, 
is, is that something that always was a part of your being or did you kind of evolve and grow into that? I think, I think I'm still evolving in it, but I do think that there's always been a certain aspect of me that was fine being fringe, if that makes sense. So explain. Like, yeah, I could go to school and make friends, but I got 12 siblings. So like, if I don't make friends in school, just know like I got a whole bunch of friends at home. Got it. And so when you, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, Maurice, but when, when you have that, it cuts off a certain desperation that a lot of people have in the world, which is mm. craving, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Interaction and acceptance from people. Right. So a lot of my life has been like, I don't have room for anybody else. I got so many people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That I'm already tied to. Like, I ain't even got no choice in the matter. I'm already tied to them. So I got to be real careful. Yeah. I don't really got that much room for, for everybody. to show. And when you naturally have that, it's, 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 um, it's like physics. It's like, it's, it's, it's an equal and opposite. Yeah. It's like what people can't have, they want. Do you yep. get what I'm saying? Yep. And, and, and I say that, of course, I've had many moments in my life where I've made bad decisions, many moments in my life where I have felt lost, many moments in my life where I have not felt confident in, in some way, shape or form, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I think I've, I'm, I've never not been rooted. Mm. Got it. You know, you always had a sense of self at some level. Yeah. You may not have been yes. as confident, but you always knew I, I'm Zainab. Yes, like, like yes, I, I'm yes, good. Yes, yes, yes. And, and as you were saying that, I was talking about your family. I think the biggest part of that is you never needed validation because yeah. the, your, it sounds like your family, they were the validators for you. And, and typically yeah. with people, when they don't have large families or close knit families, they're, they're looking for that acceptance or that validation on the outside, which is why they covet that attention. I, I think exactly. I think no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I think it's it's this is I always I, this must be a New York thing because I'm always like, it's so crazy, but it's not crazy at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always attract like my closest friends and any love and most love interest that I have ever had. Um, they have all either been only children or one of two children. Mm. And like there's no way like something about and I think it's their need and my ability to service the needs of so many others while servicing myself it's just like I'm not just one of a very large family but I'm also a middle I'm a I'm a middle kid I'm a middle girl like I don't sit on the edge of any you right, know like right. so I think it it makes for a personality that's very like independent mm -hmm. because you want it because you're in the middle of this big thing all the time so you want your independence but it's also like the ability to recognize like oh this person has a need you know mm. what i'm saying and i know how to fill mm. that need right right because you've always had to well not always had to do it but you've had to exercise that part of you throughout your life growing up yeah in some way shape or form yeah how would you define your talent 
that I don't even know. I don't even understand that question. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? How would I define my talent? Um, what do you mean? Right. So, <laughs> like, would I say it's spectacular? How I mean, it's totally up to you, right? So, do you do you I, think? Or go ahead. I will say this: when I watch my stand up. I like me so much. Mm. I I like, I am so, I watch me like it's not me. And I, I'm, I walk away nine times out of nine. Like I just, I like that girl so much. Wow. I'm so charmed by that girl. I'm so, oh man, I agree with what she said or dang, dang, that was fun. Like I, when I watch my stand up, I like me so much. So prior to comedy, did you have this this uh self view or this this the subjective view, if you will, about you? Because there it sounds like now you have a mirror, right? You can literally see yourself being you acting out in front of everybody else. Whereas prior to you getting on stage, you probably didn't have that mirror other than the one in your house. And, you know, that's that's a little superficial because you're not really acting. You're just looking, sort of say like. So now it sounds like you're seeing another dimension of you in this dimension, this newfound dimension. You're like, oh, she's dope. Um, I don't I don't think that I had. And I, I don't think that I had the subjective view of myself before stand up. I think that I think that it existed in me, but I wasn't quite aware of it. Mm-hmm. I, I've always been a person that's followed intuition. I've always been like a, a faithful person, even if at times I'm reluctant to actually practice, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I think that I've always had a certain trust in myself to, to you, just a certain trust in myself. And I don't want to say to do the right thing, but to do anything and everything that I can live with. Mm. And that's why like somebody can come up to me and be like, girl, you did this. And I'll be like, I don't remember that, but that sounds like me or doesn't sound like me. You know, like right. I can confidently say, are you sure? Cause that, wait, well, say, I don't know if I've ever even said those words before, you know, yeah. like, yeah. But, um, but I don't, I definitely did not have this subjective view of myself before stands up, but I at least had the wherewithal to, not just trust my feelings, but to also pay attention to the results mm. of whatever I did or said, and then try my best to learn from that or or maneuver from there. That's good. That's real good. Because a lot of people lack that, you know, and it's, it's a function of self-awareness and um, self-appreciation too, which is, which is great. Would you, would you say or describe your life more funny or more serious? Because a lot of your jokes, you draw on your life, (laughs) life experiences. 
think life period is funny. I think life is a perfect combination of hilarity and tragedy. Yes. And I don't think that my life is any different. Hmm. I think that my comedy may seem different because I choose to find the hilarity in a lot of things that may be tragedy, you know? Hmm. Um, but I, I, I think it's a perfect mix. And I think that's my, my personality too. Like people, when I'm on people, if you don't know me or, or, you know, I may seem like a bit standoffish to you. Yeah. I may seem unapproachable. I may seem really serious. I may seem quiet and introverted, which I am. Um, but it's because I, it's, I, I, <laughs> pardon my French. <laughs> I was about to say shit ain't funny all the time. And right. I am unapologetic. Um, I, I am unapologetic in acknowledging or honoring rather mm. when things are not funny. And when things are funny, and I think that if you if you balance that line, it makes whatever is funny. I think it makes it that much funnier because yeah. I'm, you're always existing with levity or in levity. Mm. You, know, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Do, how creative did you have to become, if any, to uh, be a comedian, or did your creativity already exist? I think, no, I think I've had to become more creative, especially the more I grow, because I do draw on my real life. Mm. But if I tell everything about my real life, my real life involves other people's real lives. Mm. So I am not just exposing myself to the public. I'm exposing people that I love, people that I've interacted with, people that have had relationships with me. I'm, I'm exposing them to the public, too. And if I did all of that, it was just might be like a, a fun, hilarious autobiography. So, in a, and in order to protect sometimes the things that can't be shared, but the overall story story should be, you kind of have to find a way to, you know, make a story from a story. You know, okay. like I, I feel like my comedy is, would be titled "Based on True Events." Based on true. That sounds like a yeah. TV show. Yeah. You know, when you see a movie and you're like, wait, is this based on a true story? And they're like, no, it's not based on a true story. It's based on true events, meaning the events in this really happened. But we put the story together the way we right, wanted. To. Right. Right. So I feel like that's like, you know, yeah. my, my comedy. Some things are just verbatim true. Yes. You know, like I'm just I was in it and I recognized how funny it was when I was in it. And so I'm going to just give it to y'all exactly how I experienced it. And then there's some things where it hits me later, like, okay, wait a minute. Okay. Now if I did, or certain things that I have really strong opinions about, or, you know, I'm observing and I want to sort of, uh, you know, impart my perspective on this thing, you know, on the public or, or, or on the world, then I have to figure out a, a creative way to, Especially, you know, I think people know I, I, I am not afraid of controversial things. No, I'm not. not afraid of the harder topics. I'm not afraid to say certain things. And I do think you have to be creative, not just in what you're actually writing, but the way that you deliver it, the, the way that you say it, you know, the way that you perform it, the, the, the where in your set you put it. That's all a part of the creative process. 
you have to do that, especially if you know instantly it's going to make somebody uncomfortable. Yeah. Speaking of you that, know? how how have you because I know when you first started, um, society wasn't as sensitive or as they are today. Right. And I think that's primarily because social media wasn't the way it is today. So how have you had to adjust your content slash delivery? Because and and I know you, you're a blunt person, you're raw, you're to the point and you will pre- prefer to be that way. But now because of people being extra emotional. You well, I don't I'm not going to say you have to, but do you curve or have how have you had to make that tweak? This might be like one of the most common questions asked in an interview. I think to comedians well, asked to me, definitely, like in the past probably two or so years. Um, you know what? That that might be my downfall because I truly believe that I don't speak ignorantly and I don't speak from a place of malice or hate. Now, if I I don't walk the room, I did a Zoom show last night. Last last weekend I headlined in, in Arizona. I walked the entire, I walked damn near the entire room because I wanted to talk about abortion. Mm. And abortion is something that people, I mean, it's one of our biggest political issues, yes. right? But when I say it in a comedy club, people won't pack up and go. Interesting. I I double down on those sort of things because that's, that's actually the conversations that we need to have. Mm. And I want you to know that you can disagree with me. I, 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 this is not a town hall. I'm not trying to get, I'm not trying to persuade you. <laughs> I am trying to, uh, pro, you know, approach a topic that is t- a topic that is so taboo, but should not be at all. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to approach it in a humorous way. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm trying to approach it is because contrary to what you may believe, there's probably a lot of people in this audience going through the very thing I'm trying to approach. Yeah. You know, and I think, I don't know if comedy is the end all of things for me. I may, maybe it's the thing that is leading me to my actual purpose. Although I feel very purposeful in this field, mm-hmm. maybe it's leading me to the actual purpose. Right. But I would not, I would be doing a disservice to myself I think to the communities that I represent and I think to society at large is I only talked about the things that are easy to talk about. Yes. Yeah. Everybody can do that. Anybody can do that. That's true. But when I, when I go to Chicago and I do, uh, uh, and I do 20 minutes on women's reproductive rights or, 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 after I'll say abortion, when I do 20 minutes on that and a crowd is so uncomfortable and not uncomfortable because they can't take what I'm saying, uncomfortable because they don't want to be judged by the other people sitting in the audience. And then someone comes up to me and says, that is the most brilliant take on abortion I have ever heard. Then I feel like I've done my job. Yeah. You know, what is it about? Abortion? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, what is it about? <laughs> Maurice, I feel like you like, I'm not even going to say the word, to be honest. <laughs> no, we, hey, I have no issue. I'm like you. We could talk straight and raw. I have no, 
none of that makes me feel uncomfortable. And I think people need to stop being so sensitive. But because, you know, growing up, we used to talk about your mama and everything else. Nothing was off limits. And in fact, in, in terms of comedy, I liked Richard Pryor, Red Fox and Eddie Murphy. They were just it is what it is. And people, they could they could take it or leave it. Now, I don't like this new way of of telling jokes and having to dance around people's emotions and feelings. And I'm like, just grow up. So what? Get over it. It's a joke. You know, not a big deal. And and so what I I think. Sorry. sorry. No, no, no. I, I wanted to ask you about that. Like, why do you think people I mean, obviously, yes, social media plays a role. But why do you think people are so sensitive and particularly when it comes to comedians talking on certain subjects, whether it's abortion, gay, um, I don't know, special needs, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's natural and okay because for a human being to be offended by something mm-hmm. or to be triggered by something or affected by something. Um, and I think that if that happens in the setting of a comedy club, um, that's okay. You know, the power and the power that you have as, a, as an audience is you get to walk out. Right. You get to remove yourself from that situation. Um, and I never want to say people shouldn't be offended because there have been times where people that I've been in clubs and I've heard people say things and I'm like, well, I've, I've never experienced this person that they're saying exists. What, or, you know, or like, or there, maybe somebody feels a certain way about black women yeah. or maybe somebody feels a certain way about Muslims or New Yorkers or whatever, fill in the blank, whatever I am. And I'm like, eh, what? Eh, you know, but it doesn't make me, it, it, it always comes down to what I feel their intentions are. Mm-hmm. If I feel like their intentions are not to hurt or offend, but this is this is truly what they're mentally and critically ex- exploring, then I can sit there because then it makes me think about something. Right. You know what I'm saying? It makes me, and now I get to have a response to that. Yes. I, I, I get to let it affect me in the way it affects me, and I get to have whatever response I have to that. I think that is separate than what is happening on, with, with, you know, the internet and social media is just like a hairstyle or a song or a team can be a trend. So is outrage. Yeah. And so is offense. And people need to be a part of something like we talked about in the beginning, the need to be connected to something. Mm-hmm. And if, and if and if I gotta if I gotta be mad that you said you know that you said dick on stage if I or if I gotta be mad that you said gay on stage and you're not gay if I have to rally with the LGBTQ to to be a part of something then that's what I'm gonna do hmm. you know um, and I think I I just think that I think that there's a certain aspect of it that is trendy and I think that there's a certain aspect of it that is righteous and sh- and should be there. Yeah. You need people checking, like, hold on a second. You know what I'm saying? But I think it, it really comes down to the intentions of the speaker. And I think once the intentions are clear, like I said um, on, on my um, 
my closing bit on my late night with Seth Meyers that I remember, so the bit, the bit is like a, a bridge version is like, you know, I'm one of 13 and we still don't know like who the gay kid is. Mm-hmm. And like, they ain't gotta be a gay kid, but like all, every, all the statistics I read, they say Americans, this is the statistic, one in every, or five Americans is gay. Right. You know, like, like, like that's, <laughs> it, if you Google anything, that's what, that's what the census is saying. So I'm like, well, we got 13 Americans right here in this room and we trying to figure out which, what, you, that is in no way saying that being gay is wrong. Right. That is in no way poking fun at being gay. We, we just trying to align ourselves with the statistics. You get what I'm saying? We just trying to. <laughs> trying to find that number. Yeah. Or, or, so we either find a number or the statistics are wrong. Correct. You get what I'm saying? Correct. But, but if you walk away from that saying, oh, she's not gay and she has to, she said that, then you got, there's something in you, this, this deep in you that is unsettled mm-hmm. and that feels guilty about something. And that you, and that's something that got, you got to work on first. It don't matter what, what you, it don't matter how much you march. It don't matter how, you know what I'm saying? Yep. It's like another years ago, I did this, this, um, joke. I can't even remember the joke at this point, but I said something about, um, cops, shooting black people mm-hmm. or cops kill something about cops, but I never said the race of the cops. Hmm. I just said cops. Right. Right. And this woman walked out, she walked out my show and sent me a very long email that night saying, she said, and when you said white cops, I just want you to know that white cops, white cops, white cops, I had to go back and listen. I, I didn't think that I said that, but I went back and listened to my recordings and I said, yeah, because I, I see, I, I don't, my, my intention is never to offend. So I dialogue with the people who watch me. You right. know what I'm saying? But I realized when I went back, I was going to send her a message because I, I don't want anybody to be offended. Yeah. Like, like I hear you and I want to work through this with you. Correct. Right. And so I went back and listened to my tapes and I never said, the ethnicity of the cop of the cops. I never said it. Mm. And then that made me realize, oh, that's her issue. And she's trying to make her issue my issue. Right. And I recognize that something I said triggered her issue, but that's her issue. I can't do nothing about that. Yeah. You know, as a as a professional and as somebody that needs to in, in all comedians, you know, we we can all say, no, I'm gonna get on my soap, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna stay on the fringe. But the reality is we gotta make money because we have to be we have to live in this world, right? Yeah. And it costs money to live in this world. So I do think that there's a certain level of being smart in terms of recognizing what is this climate like right now? All right, what's the best way I can get this off? And if there's no better, if this is going to offend no matter what, then what is my what is my purpose? Why do I need to say this right now? Mm-hmm. And if you ask yourself why and you have a you have conviction like this needs to be said, see, I I know a lot of women. Yeah. I I I just went through a fertility treatment. I I feel like what I'm saying about reproductive rights has to be said. More importantly, I feel like it has to be said for as a black woman to black women because they ain't giving us no education. They motherfucking tossing us and our babies out. So I feel like I need to talk about this. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. And I don't care how it makes somebody feel, but if I have a joke 
It's like, yeah, I think that that's funny. That's funny if I said that. That's funny if I said, but I killed, I killed the baby. That's just funny. And there's no purpose behind it. Then if you get, you know, if you get slaughtered by the PC police, then, yeah. you know, it's on you. Would you say that the uh, majority of of your content is, um, or let me reword it this way. When you started, was it purposeful? Did you start with the intent of, you know what? I have something to say. And no. okay. It was pure entertainment. It was pure. Um, it wasn't pure entertainment. I guess it was entertainment, but I think what was, what what worked for me is that I started with pure truth. Mm. I, I did not pull anything out the sky or out of hat. I started with what I knew. The first thing I said was, I'm Muslim, I don't eat pork. I don't know why we don't fuck with the pig. <laughs> I, you know, like, yeah. I, I immediately went to, what are some things in my life that I'm investigating? Yes. Yeah, you know, that's where I started. I started from a very true place Mm -hmm. and i think if you start there and if you stay there which like you mentioned like a richard Pryor or red fox or you know what i'm saying like then you get then you ultimately will be saying things that are of importance or that are that matter because you living in the world and you experience in it your experience I'm 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 a black woman yeah in this world today you know what I'm saying? I mean, you can't tell me American history where it ain't been problematic to be a black woman. So right. if I start with truth, it is there is no way I can't say things that matter. There's yeah. no way. Right. I agree. And that's what I don't understand in terms of the sensitivity. Because a lot of a lot of the jokes that I, I see, you know, in comedians across the board, a lot of it is truth. Like there's truth in kidding, right? But yet it's like speaking the truth, people are hurt by it. It's weird and it's true. It's almost it would almost to me be the equivalent of telling someone, hey, the sky is blue. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said Mm -hmm. the sky is blue. And it's like, well, it's a fact. Kind of like your joke. Mm -hmm. It's a fact. (laughs) People people ain't going to get it if they ain't heard you. (laughs) You know, also, too, a lot of people don't know themselves. Mm. And and not only do they not know themselves, they don't know that they don't know themselves. So mm. the last time I'm gonna say abortion, I'm saying abortion too much. Like just no, way go too ahead, much. rock out with the abortion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just using it as an example because it is it is the part of my set right now that everything be going good, and then I bring that out, and they be like, oh, hold up, we I mean. We was about to give you a show, girl, but hold up. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's that part of my set. Um, but I, I remember, I remember maybe one of the first times I started working on this bit, I was at the improv on Melrose. And people's reactions were, they were shocked. Just like you said, like, it was as if I said the sky was blue and they were like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And so I said, cause I noticed it, you know, I'm not going to skate past the moment. I noticed it. And I said, Oh, is everybody pro-life in here? Are we pro-life or pro-choice? Like who am I talking to? Cause this reaction looked like a pro-life reaction. Right. And this one woman, she looked horrified. And I said, are you pro-choice? And she said, yeah, of course. And I said, you got to tell your face. 
because your face don't know you pro-choice. <laughs> your face is horrified right now. And she started feeling her face. She was like, what is my face? I said, your face look is, is like horrified right now. So you probably got to tell your face that, it, that you okay <laughs> with what I'm saying. And she didn't even, she... She she had no awareness of herself. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Now she was either lying and just didn't want to be called out. Right. Or she really had no awareness of herself. And either one of those is very true for a lot of people and is a problem. Right. Yeah, I agree. How do you I'm always interested in this. How do you when you're creating your set or your bit, right? Mm-hmm. When you're creating it, how do you know what you're creating is funny if you haven't performed it before? You know, I mean, some things I laugh at and then I'm like, this is so funny. And then I get on stage and it falls flat. But you mentioned my um, trash joke. That's a fact, right? Yeah. So that's true. That's like, I mean, I embellished a little bit, but for the probably about 80 percent of that joke is just 100 me relaying, relaying the story. Right. right? So, and just becoming my myself and my brother in yeah. the story, right? So I remember at the comedy store in the belly room, the first time I ever said it, a friend of mine, a comedian, Sydney, I went up to him. He said, so what you doing tonight? I said, I'm going to try this new bit. My younger brother, he kept saying everything was trash. And I did this. I did it. I did it all for him, right? And he said, I don't, I don't know. I don't, like, he ain't getting it. Huh. He was like, I don't know. He said, but go up there and try it. Just go up there and do it. I went up there. I did it. Room erupted. The room erupted. And I was like, I got on stage. I looked at him. He said, it killed. I said, I, I know. He said, the shit is funny. I don't know why I couldn't hear it when you was just saying that. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, you know, and then the more I did it, the more I got into it, the right. more I... You, you know, but I had no idea. I knew that it was funny to me when I experienced it. Yeah. Like it was me, my younger brother, and then my other younger brother who says trash. And me and my younger brother, we were dying <laughs> laughing. Like, forget my joke. We still be talking about it and laughing now. So that's what made me say, maybe this is a funny story to tell on stage. Yeah. And, the, and once I did it, it they, I got confirmation. Oh, yeah. It's... But, <laughs> That joke, I, I was in, I was in tears, but it's funny because I never met your brothers, but as you were telling the joke, I could almost feel, I could feel the truthness in it. It's weirdest, you know, I, I don't know how that you were able to convey that, but I knew in that moment, she ain't lying about this. <laughs> like, this is a real thing. <laughs> And the way you kept saying it's a fact. <laughs> Listen, I even as funny as I've ever told that joke, just trust me, I have never told it as funny as it was to experience it. Wow. Because it was, I, I mean, me and my other brother, we could not believe, we, we, we could not believe it. And I, I do a good job at, becoming this particular brother, my, my trap, my brother who says trash, but even if, you know, I did that, that, that joke, I, I remember on TV and he was in the audience and I remember he went up to use the back, got up to use the bathroom and I was like, Oh, there you go my brother now. And the audience was so excited. Like, ah, you know, like that's, that's in the trash, da, 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 right. And I remember 
we got home at the end of the night, he's like, yo, you're going to have to pay me residuals. You're going to have to pay me some money for that. You know, it's just like he's just, he is just a character that I recognize and that I can perform. Right. But I don't know if everybody that interacts with him experiences it as a funny character. Mm. I imagine some people that interact with him are put off or maybe feel a little bit threatened by his aggressiveness, you know? But for me, it's just like, that is my little brother. But he is, you you know, like, that's my younger brother, but he is crazy. (laughs) Not crazy, but you get what I'm saying. Like, and that, and that kind of ties into what I asked you earlier about, like your creativity when it comes to creating your content, because you were able to, like you said, some people might look at him and be put off, but you were able to look at it. You and your other brother look at it and saw the the funny in it. And then yeah. you created this caricature of him and then yeah. created and put it in such a way to where it it hit. <laughs> Right. But I'm sure if somebody else was there and experienced your brother, they probably wouldn't have laughed the way that they laugh when you present it. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's also interesting. So I find that when I do that joke in a room that is uh, majority black, mm-hmm. it, the trash part is what really, really that starts them laughing. Yeah. You know, the that's a fact is like just the icing on the cake, but the trash part is what they love. They'll come up to me. I have people in my comments now, don't matter what I do, they be like, that shit is trash. You know, like they just can't stop saying it. But then I remember when I, you know, would do that same joke in the same way in a in a in a room that's majority white. Yeah. Or majority like not American, you know, mm. like to not, you know. Um, culturally not American. Yes. So whatever, you know. Um, and they would laugh at they wouldn't get the trash part because that just sounds like an insult to them. Yeah. Like, hold on a second, this is a problem. He's saying something is trash. How how do our our feelings should be hurt, right? Right. But whenever I would say that's a fact, that's where they would laugh. Huh. And I thought that that was so interesting. I mean, because the way you say, and I don't want to belabor it too much, but the way you say that's a fact. That's a fact. Because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, and I and I explain it in a joke too. Like if you don't believe or agree with what he's calling trash, he's not even giving you room to dispute it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like that's a fact. It's like it ain't. It's not, a fact. This ain't, this ain't my opinion. Don't be mad at me. Right. It's a fact. Yeah. Look it up. <laughs> but really, nothing he's saying is factual. Like nothing at all. Yeah, and and you you get that too from the joke. I I just yeah. love it. And you said you got your whole the sets that I've heard from beginning to end are just they're they're great and they're amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. What what leader do you look up to and admire within comedy? Um, I definitely look up to Wanda Sykes. Wanda mm-hmm. Sykes has been <laughs> my unofficial mentor um, from the. Uh, 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 good while into it. Um, let me see, is there anybody? Cause I just feel like Wanda does so much that I don't think she gets credit for. Yes. You know, I agree. Um, and I think that if you pay attention to, especially her comedy, um, specials, she, her writing is so good. And she, uh, what, what I really love and admire about her, which I can't do 
is she finds a way to make political things. First of all, you don't think you're watching a political comic when you're watching her, but she is a political, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. She does such a good job at explaining and poking fun at the, you know, political things. Um, and she makes it feel very, some, some, some political comics I watch, I still don't know what they're talking about. Hmm. Does that make sense? I'm yeah. like, yeah, I guess I gotta, I guess I gotta watch a bunch of CNN or do a bunch of Googling <laughs> to understand. And, and now, Politics is something different now, right? Yeah. Politics now is like pop culture almost. Right. So we all understand the conversation for the most part. It's like our president ain't that great. So it don't take much for us to understand what's happening. We get it. Right? But before this moment, I felt like I didn't have, a, I always felt a little bit behind the curve when it came to uh, the, the discussion of politics. And I'm sure part of that had to do with my age too, yeah. you know? Um, but I always felt like she made it very much like, um, politics, funny politics for dummies, hmm. but you don't feel like a dummy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. She kind of, she, she broke it down and made it digestible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? Who else? I mean, I mean, I'm like, I'm in, I'm inspired by everyone, hmm. the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> I feel like it's a lesson in everything, you know. I feel yeah. like there's a lesson in um, the 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 geniuses of the world. I think that there's a lesson in the the ambitious ones of the world, the hard workers of the world. And I think there's I think there's a lesson in the ones that you know keep running into a wall, or you know, yeah. like I think that there's a, a lesson in all of it. So it's all inspirational in some way, shape, or form for me. It's true. It's true. It's a fact. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I never, this is not the question you asked. This is going to sound crazy, but I kind of wish I met this person. First of all, I wish that I was like 27 in like the late 70s. That would have, well, I would have been so good in that like decade. Hmm. I, that That's just my decade. I was supposed to be somewhere hanging out with Marvin Gaye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I... <laughs> <laughs> um, I really wish that I met Malcolm X. Ah, uh, yeah, that would have been great. I really, well, yeah, I really, and like every so often I go back and I either read um, X, you know, I either read the autobiography or I read the, uh, or I watch the Spike Lee movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, wow, he was so young. Yeah, he was. You know, was. like, yeah, because it never felt like it to me. But sometimes you realize looking back, like when you pass the age that they were, when they, you know, you're like, oh, oh, God. That's when it hit they homes. All of that. Yeah, that's when it, you know, I don't know, because he was like early 30s, right? Like 32 or something. Yeah, he just made 30, somewhere around there. It's but, like, I can't even, that blows my mind. But so Malcolm, Martin. The Panthers, Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton was mm -hmm. like 20, 22, 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're right. A, a lot of our greats, young. Marvin Gaye, he was young. I mean, Tupac, Biggie, like Aaliyah. Yeah. They're all. Yeah. And it's so interesting that the pattern has been young deaths with regard to great people. It's very, yeah. very interesting. At least our people. 
Yeah. I don't know. But uh, what what makes a leader? You know, white people get to be decrepit. (laughs) That's going to get me canceled. See? 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 It ain't going to get me canceled today either. They're going to wait till I got $40 million uh, five years from now. And then they're going to be like, well, on the lead up, she said white people be decrepit. That's that's, that's if they even checking for me. Because, you know, (laughs) this show is. Oh, they're going to check for you. This is for us, about us, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but you know what? That's you asking about like why people are so sensitive and why people. I think there's a certain malicious energy out there too, because just to cancel me, they'll check on some shit that they don't even pay attention to. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Just to dig for the dirt. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. It's crazy. It's, like it, I, I definitely think that there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of malice yeah. happening also. There's a lot of legitimate complaints. There's a lot of legitimate, like, this has to change. Right. But there's a lot of malice out there, yeah. too. A lot of just crybabies. So weird. Yeah. So weird. Yes. What makes a leader great and iconic? I hate to say this again. I think what makes a leader great and iconic is existing uh, existing in an undeniable truth hey that i agree that's it i agree all right final question (laughs) i wish i had something deeper for you (laughs) no that's deep enough because it's i mean we should all be in our truth right because i think when we are in our truth that's when we're the best version of ourselves the problem is most people aren't living their truth and they're trying to live someone else's truth. And then at that point, you're lying or you're fraud. And it's just, mm-hmm. it gets crazy, right? So, no, yes, undeniably in our truth. And then at that point, you can be great and you will be iconic because your truth is mm-hmm. unique to who we are. So, no, it's deep. People got to just wake up and catch it. <laughs> <laughs> Final question. This is called the tabula rasa, which stands for blank okay. slate. Right. Which stands for what? Blank state. Okay. Or or I should say slate. I'm sorry, not state, slate, like a blank canvas. Blank slate. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the artist that you are, mm-hmm. you have this blank canvas in front of you and you have all the colors you could possibly want to need to paint a picture. The picture mm-hmm. you're going to paint is going to be a picture of your life. Now, here's the caveat. You've done it all. You've... You've traveled the globe doing comedy circuits. You have been on uh, feature films as the star. You've been on feature TV shows as the lead. You've done theater. You have your own studio that you have created. You have your own distribution channel to to put out all your content and, and content of others. You have um, you've your author. You've written written. I don't know. Let's call it 50 to 100 books, critically acclaimed. I've done it all. (laughs) You've done done it all. all. You've gotten married. You have kids that are grown. They're out the house and they are successful. Your health is phenomenal at the optimum level. Your family is exceptionally well because you have been able to take care of them at the highest level. Coming back to this blank canvas, what picture do you draw? What colors do you use?
Um, I think what I see is, I see green, which is probably like a pasture. Um, and I see white, I see white dresses and I see like the sun shining and I'm sure that the the picture represents freedom to me. Hmm. So I think that I would be, I think that that picture would be a bunch of metaphoric bodies that look like mine as free as can be. Hmm. And like a true release of every single thing that has ever had to be carried on our backs and our, our shoulders and it's just like a, and maybe just like a little brown girl twirling in the, and that little brown girl is like, she like my great, 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 great granddaughter. I like and she's it. just twirling, looking up at the sky. Nice. Yeah. So that would be the picture. That's a great picture. And <laughs> in fact, I think that's an easy picture to draw. And so <laughs> with easy pictures, I, I commissioned my guests to, to actually draw them. Yeah. <laughs> I will do that. Draw that. That is great. Yes. Because that's your end. What? I will do that. I'm going to hold you to it. I'm going to be looking for it. That was good, Maureen. Oh, I'm going to do it and I'm going to post it. Yes. And I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to talk about, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give a whole reference. Please. Yeah. And yes. have you come back on and we're going to do, going to show people the, the, your, your picture. Okay. Now I cannot draw that well, but yes, I'm you still going to do it. Yes, you can. <laughs> I'm going to do it. it, it. That's a, that's a, that was wonderful. Thank you. That was a wonderful lead up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're welcome. Zainab. <laughs> Zainab, I want to salute you, give you praises. I honor you. I appreciate you. I love you. I think you are phenomenal. You're doing amazing things in your life and in the world. You are waking people up to the things they need to be woken up to, whether it's abortion, whether it's um, uh, racial, whether it's just knowledge and education, like you are bringing awareness because you are the awareness and just keep it up. Continue. Congrats on all of the success. You know, I love the way it just evolved for you. You know, one day you was just trying to get it together. And then a year later, you took off and it was like you went to the moon and beyond. And um, I'm just honored to know you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Maurice. Thank so, you for having me. So. I, th those, all those sentiments, right back at you. Like, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Now I want to open a platform up for you to get your, your 30 second commercial. You know, how can people find <laughs> you? Um, um, what events if you anybody have? is interested in getting in touch with me um, on all social media platforms, it's Zainab Johnson. Just my name, Z-A-I-N-A-B Johnson. Also, my website is Zainab Johnson. Um, I do a podcast. I do two podcasts. One is called Honest Tea with Z-H-O-N-E-S-T-E-A um, with Z. And the other one is Just Friends. They're available everywhere where you get podcasts. Um, 
And I've been doing a little bit, a few more Zoom shows, like virtual stand-up shows. So if you just connect with me via social media, you'll get all of that information. Um, if you haven't seen the Amazon show called Upload, you can watch me on that. I play Alicia. Um, I think it's a pretty good show. We got a season two. If you haven't seen me on uh, Netflix, I host this show called 100 Humans. You can check that out. And yeah, that's it. Wow. I didn't even know about the Amazon and the uh, 100 Humans. I have to go yeah. look. Congrats. When'd you yeah. get that? Um, I kind of got them both at the same time, but, and they both kind of released at the same time. So the 100 humans came out in March and upload came out in May and upload was renewed for a season two, maybe like five days after it came out, after it was released. Hmm. Yeah. And I play like a fun character named Alicia. Um, and it's a, it's a show that's like a mixture of like sci-fi comedy suspense it's mm-hmm. it's I, I think it's a really cute show i think it's more than cute i was just trying to you know what i'm saying yeah don't do that don't minimize not, it not, yeah well i wasn't trying to play <laughs> myself down i just wasn't trying to sound like a a, a rehearsed amazon commercial you know but i do think it's a show that's worth checking out yeah you're in Definitely. it of course it is of course yeah. you yeah. have any uh questions for me or final remarks I don't have any questions. I just want to encourage you to continue to do everything that you're doing. You have always been a um, consistent, calm, and like positive energy. Like I have never, I have never ever experienced you any other way but solid. You are somebody, you know, in this conversation where they're like, well, are there good black men out there? You're definitely somebody that comes to my mind. Like they're absolutely is, you know? Wow. And so I, I say, I say you continue being exactly who I've known you to be. I wish you all the success and, you know, blessings. And yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to have had this conversation with you today. Wow. Thank you. Greatly appreciate mm-hmm. you. Ladies and gentlemen, Zaynab Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Do I just leave now? You can leave. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to see Zaynab's transformation up close in person. I learned that despite my experiences or lack thereof, changing directions in life is not difficult when my desire and faith are stronger than the moment. Let's all take a page out of Zaynab's book with fearless tenacity, persistence, and a little bit of humor to keep things light, we can all take our charge and lead up. Give Zaynab a follow on Instagram at Zaynab Johnson. That's Z-A-I-N-A-B Johnson. Or visit her website at ZaynabJohnson.com. Share this episode with family and friends. And if you wish to donate, simply go to the bottom of the Lead Up podcast description and click the donate link. And as always, keep leading up.